This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Honor the victims, celebrate the heroes. That's Genius Book Publishing's approach to true crime. Covering some of the most important cases in crime worldwide, our books never glorify the killers. From the Melissa Witt case all the way to the Golden State Killer and the Zodiac, if you're looking for solid, meticulously researched, thrilling true crime, look no further than Genius Book Publishing's catalog of titles. Visit GeniusTrueCrime.com for the best true crime books available. Also available on Amazon, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. I'm LaDonna Humphrey. And I'm Alicia Lockhart. Welcome to Deep Dark Secrets, the podcast that lights up dark places. Today, we're going to be remembering yet another victim who died at the hands of a death fetish predator. Today, we'll be talking about the death of Hope Barden, who was a webcam model in the UK. Hope Barden was 21 years old at the time of her murder, and that's really sad that her life came to an end so early, you know, like 21 years old, she had her whole life ahead of her. I hate that for her. I do too. It's terrible. I mean, just awful. And it just seems like every episode we learn about somebody else that's been murdered by a death fetish predator and just the audacity that they have to continue to take people's lives. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. For their sexual gratification. It's absolutely disgusting and unbelievable. Hope was born in Cornwall, UK, and had been living in Burton, Staffordshire at the time of her passing, which was on March 15th, 2018. And Hope was well-educated. She had a degree in adolescent mental health, and she was a support worker for children with learning disabilities. So she'd already left college and she was out working in her field, helping people, making a difference. And that's, uh, to me, is what makes it even worse. I mean, it's never okay for someone to be murdered. But here we have somebody that's actually making a difference. And then we've got this pathetic death fetish predator that decides that he can take her life. It's horrifying to me. It continues to, you know, fuel this desire that I have to stop the death fetish industry. Yeah, every case that we find and share should be another red flag about these communities and how the people in them are not harmless. They go on to commit real crimes, and Hope was a victim of that very thing. She was a beautiful person inside and out, and something that made Hope a little bit unique was that she had a bit of a thrill-seeker streak to her. So her friends and family had mentioned that she loved to skydive, And just picturing her personality having that in it, 
it doesn't surprise me that she was open to doing a bit of work as an adult webcam model. Yeah, it sounds like she was just living her life to the fullest and had her eyes set on her goals and wanted to do exciting things in life. That makes the story pretty sad, I think. Yeah, she was a little spicy, you know. She was open to having a career on the side that was, you know, like a sex-positive career. And so she was using this webcamming job at night to supplement her income. And there was a source that was close to Hope that had said that part of the reason why she was doing this camming to save up extra income was that she had a dream to raise money for a center for disabled teens. So it's kind of sad that this second job that she had for extra income that she planned to use for a really good cause sort of led her into a a scary place that resulted in her death. Yeah, I just have a lot of admiration for anybody that wants to spend their life helping others. And it sounds like that's what Hope was doing. I just, the story's hard to hear. Yeah, she hadn't been camming super long, and she wasn't keeping it a secret. She had talked to her mother and her sister about doing this work, and she had also confided to her sister that she even found the cam work kind of fun at times, but that really the motivation behind it was just that it was super easy money. It was an easy way for her to just log in for a few hours after her day job at night, and that she felt really safe. Being able to work from home, you know, she wasn't going out and meeting anybody in person. And it's just really sad because she actually wasn't safe. Even though she felt like she was, one of her clients was a death fetisher who believed that his sexual satisfaction was more important than her life. That's disgusting. But, you know, you said something that kind of triggered me to say this. I mean, nobody's safe when it comes to these death fetish predators. And especially if you've got some kind of sexual encounter with a death fetisher, you're in danger. They're predators. They're always looking for victims. And in this case and in this story, the predator was Jerome Danger. He was a 44-year-old man in North Cornwall. And he seemed normal. How many times have we heard that about, you know, about these fetishers? You know, he seems normal enough to his friends and his family and his neighbors. He was running the King Arthur's Arms bed and breakfast in North Cornwall, and nobody knew about his dark fantasy life, which is not surprising. They usually keep it a secret. Even though they'll say in the forums, there's nothing wrong with it. This is normal. They always keep it a secret. Yeah, I think that should be indication number one. If it's something that you cannot tell your friends and family and you're not proud of it, why are you doing it? Exactly. And of course, behind closed doors, good old Jerome had his obsession and it was this dark, dark, nasty fetish. It was his death fetish. And he frequently downloaded death fetish pornography and viewed it as he pleasured himself. And he was always searching for strangulation, stabbing, torture, asphyxiation, and death pornography. And he was saving these files. Gross. It's disgusting. He had found some of these death fetish forums and was saving them onto his phone, I guess, so he could look at them quickly. If, you know, he was. Interesting. A lot of the cases that we cover, it's always on their computers. So 
I mean, I guess as time has gone on, we've all sort of started using our cell phones almost as like a to-go laptop. So I guess Jerome's got it all on his phone with him at all times. And that is really disgusting to me. I just, I won't even say some of the things that I'm thinking because of this, but he definitely wanted that death fetish to be portable, more portable than like a laptop. So with that said, uh, I know it's disgusting, but it gets worse. It seems like I always say that too, because it always gets worse with these guys. Because some of the content that he was looking at, Alicia, was genital mutilation. Oh, that pains me just to hear it. Yes, just full body chills. Like, I want to run out of the room screaming. And some of these videos he was looking at, I mean, they were very realistic. And they depicted these women who appear dead at the end of these torture sessions. And it just, it frightens me. You know, we've talked about that a lot. What's happening in these videos? How do we know for certain that some of these models are really safe? And in this instance... Until you analyze the videos and track people down, you don't know that they're not real snuff films. I'm glad you said that. That's right. And And in this instance, we don't know for sure, but we know that Jerome was really into that. He wanted it to look realistic. And eventually watching these videos and looking at these photographs and listening to the stories... That wasn't enough anymore. He wanted to be the director. He wanted to torture a woman. It's just so sick. And so with those desires and that escalation process that we talk about so frequently, it's just not enough anymore to look at the videos. He's bored with this collection he has on his phone. So he kicks it up a notch. He starts going into webcam model websites. and. He's looking for somebody alive, somebody he can have an experience with. He wants somebody that he can tell them what to do and watch them do it. I'm sorry. I've got the shivers just thinking about the fact that there are death fetishers out there that are watching these webcam models and maybe these women don't know that they're a death fetisher. I mean, that's just, that's eerie. Well, yeah, I think a lot of guys kind of tiptoe into it. Like these cam girls, they're in a business where they see and hear a lot of strange things. And it would be kind of interesting to have a cam girl on the show and see how frequently requests sort of lean this way. I'd be interested to hear that. But I bet it's like with the producers. They get a model and they just kind of ease them in to that kind of content by going soft and slow and, you know, just adding on more and more. So I would imagine Jerome would be going into these websites and, you know, just acting kind of normal at first, but once he gets comfortable talking more about his fetish. And I believe that's what happened. He was scrolling through these models and he took a liking to Hope. He noticed that she was online. So he struck up a chat with her and started to tip her so that she would pay attention to him. And, you know, that's all normal for a cam site. The women are not going to chat with you very long if you're not tipping them. I wasn't really sure, Alicia, how these webcam models did make their money. So that makes sense to me that they're getting tipped, and that's how they choose who they're going to give most of their attention to. So that's even more frightening because I really feel like that's where this charm comes in with these death fetish predators because we hear that a lot about some of these guys. Oh, he was so likable. 
You know, he seemed like the guy next door. So I think they probably used that for their advantage. Like, I'm going to pretend to be normal and flirt with these girls and give them some attention and not scare them immediately. So that's frightening to me. Yeah. So he just came in there, I assume, acting like just a generous customer at first. And he was chatting her up. And as they moved to having regular sessions, Jerome had some requests of hope. One of the first things that he asked her to do was that he just wanted her to smoke cigarettes on camera and blow the smoke into the camera. That's it? Yeah, so simple enough at first, you know. He told her that he would pay her 50 pounds to do that, which is the equivalent of about 61 U.S. dollars. So can you imagine you're at home, you have your camera turned on, and some guy says, I'm going to pay you 61 bucks if you just smoke a cigarette. Yeah, I mean, that's easy money. Yeah, so Hope had thought that was strange and funny that he was willing to pay that much to watch her do that. But then she was happy to oblige him because it was easy money. Like, who wouldn't do that? Wow. I mean, yeah, and she's saving her money for a good cause. So she's thinking, hey, you know, this is going to help people in the end. I can do this. That even breaks my heart to think about that. Yeah, at the time it seemed weird, but it wasn't setting off any warning bells yet. Hope didn't know anything about Jerome. She didn't know that he had a death fetish or that he was downloading snuff films. She just thought he was a guy that was into smoking and that it was a simple request. But if you really think about it, I do believe this was the beginning of him priming her to enter into the world of breath play or erotic asphyxiation. Oh, definitely. As you were describing that, I thought, well... He had a plan all along. He did. And it's chilling to realize that she's just smoking a cigarette, which involves her breathing the smoke in and exhaling. And Jerome's probably on the other end of the camera, watching her neck, obsessing about it, obsessing about her breath, fantasizing about taking her breath away from her. It's just, I think there's probably going to be some listeners out there who probably aren't real privy to these fetish terms like breath play or erotic asphyxiation. And so just to kind of talk you through that, that's when people are intentionally cutting off their own or their partner's air supply by choking, suffocating, strangling, etc. So that's what that means. And it's not something that everybody's necessarily going to know about. I'm glad you gave that in there for just for anyone who's not in, you know, deep into the BDSM world. Yeah, just to kind of understand the backstory. So this was, like Alicia said, the beginning of Jerome pushing Hope towards these asphyxiation fantasies that he had. And as Hope continued to do these webcam sessions for Jerome, she started to feel more comfortable with him, as anybody would. And he started Mm -hmm. to feel more comfortable with her. So it was then he was able to start asking her for more intense and extreme things. You know, he upped it, just like we said he probably was going to do, he did. And he, at this point, was paying her thousands of pounds. By then, they'd been meeting online in these cam sessions for about three months. So that's a long time. She probably felt like he was a regular source of income for her at this point. Exactly. And she was willing at this point to kind of entertain some of his strange ideas. Because again, it's from the comfort of her home. She might think that he's kind of weird, but she feels safe because he's not there with her. 
makes sense to me. I mean, I would feel the same way, you know, even though it it might seem intense and scary. Well, hey, I'm at home and I'm safe. But on March 15th, 2018, Jerome asked Hope to use a ligature on herself to restrict her own breathing. Wow, he that's wa- pretty intense. Yeah, he wanted to watch her being strangled. And the sick part is, is this aroused him and gave him something to watch as he pleasured himself. Jerome, through the webcam, was instructing her on what to do with the ligature, you know, kind of like coaching her along, because I don't Mm -hmm. think that she would necessarily have known. They can hear each other's voices or see each other even through the camera. Yes. And I I can just picture it. I'm sure you can too. You know, he's urging her to tighten this ligature more and more and more. And sadly, she did what he asked of her until she died right in front of his very eyes. That is like a horror movie. It is. I mean, Jerome watched Hope die in real time. And after she died for 20 whole minutes, 20 minutes, he kept this session going so he could pay to look at her dead body. Oh, my gosh. That's horrific. It's wrong. And he didn't call the police. He didn't call an ambulance. He didn't do a thing. He just watched her as she's there dead on this webcam. I mean, it's disgusting. It's sick. And you would think after 20 whole minutes, he should know that she's not okay, right? That she's not just pretending to be dead. Yeah, he knew. And he didn't give a... And he just went ahead and disconnected, you know, the session after, after Alicia, he was done touching himself, pleasuring himself, which is just disgusting. He is a monster. He was an absolute monster. Just totally the scum of the earth. I can't believe that there are people out there that are like this, but they're so in the head over their fetish that nobody else matters to them. He was sexually gratified, and that's, I have to believe this is what he wanted. You know, maybe he didn't know that it would happen this day with her, but he clearly enjoyed it. Yeah, he did. And it's wrong. It's so wrong on so many levels. And I think it's really important to note, too, because a lot of times we hear people in the death fetish communities talking about how what two consenting adults do is their business and blah 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 But it's important to note that Hope was not a willing victim. She did not have any suicidal ideation. She had no history of mental health issues whatsoever. Wow. I mean, that's that's a huge statement right there. She it, was simply just trying to make a little bit of extra money. And it's just tragic that she happened to gain this client with a death fetish because look how it turned out. It's just so sad. Yeah, it really is. And Hope had a roommate that came home later that day and found her like that. And of course, was very upset and called her family and the police and the police came swarming in and they took a look at what was happening there with the the ligature around her neck and they of course were like well it looks like a suicide it looks like she was trying to hang herself but her sister Lily Bardem she was there and she was like please i you need to take my word on this My sister was not suicidal. My sister would never hang herself. She did not want to die. 
And I happened to know that she was doing these cam sessions and having these chats with this weird guy who was asking her to do dangerous things on the camera sessions. So Lily got the police to start looking into that web history and start looking into the man who had been talking to Hope. Good. I mean, Lily's almost the hero of the story. I love that she had the courage to do that, to say, no, please look further. Yeah, so the police thankfully listened to her, and they did an investigation. And with the information that they discovered about Hope's browsing history and what her sister had told them, the coroner took that information into consideration during the autopsy and did rule that Hope was unlawfully killed. Good. That's amazing. So the police were able to trace back the webcam session that had been open on the computer when she died. And they were able to trace the IP address of the person who was logged in to the other end of the webcam session. And it was Jerome. And they discovered that he was only like 250 miles away from Hope, which is kind of creepy. Oh, that's scary. I mean, I wonder if Hope knew that. Yeah, I'm not sure if she did. I knew they were kind of friendly and they did chat together in addition to these sessions. So she may have known that. The police, they were hot on the trail then, and they did what they needed to do to get things in order to have a search warrant and make an arrest. And on November 2nd, the police did raid King Arthur's Arms, the bed and breakfast that Jerome managed. And they also arrested him at that time and seized his phone. Good. Get him. So they knew that they needed to investigate him thoroughly and not give him any chance to erase things that were on his devices. And they just needed to get to the bottom of this. They wanted to know exactly what role he played in Hope's death. Yeah, I'm glad. It sounds like they took this seriously. And we don't always see that, unfortunately. But it sounds like that they really did their job. And that's, that's exactly what was needed for justice for Hope. Yeah, they got in there and they were able to find quite a bit of evidence that told a story. So Jerome had a collection of death fetish images and videos. He had 47 files on his phone alone. So wow. That was his t- yeah, his to-go, his to-go collection was about that big. And in the UK, there are actually laws that prohibit anybody from having these kinds of files saved on their devices. So they were able to charge Jerome right there, right away, without even going into what his involvement was with Hope's death. He was already in big trouble because of what they saw just on his phone. Good. It makes me think of some of the fetishers in the forums that we know are from the UK. Yeah, I'm surprised they feel safe going in there. Yeah. XJUK900. I'd be worried if I were you. Shout out to XJ. So during sentencing, Judge Simon Carr stated that Jerome had a preoccupation with strangulation, stabbing, torture, asphyxiation, and death. And he said that the videos on Jerome's phone included the deliberate torture of people who are clearly alive at the beginning and seem to be dead at the end. And Judge Carr said at least three of the people being tortured in the videos were dead by the end. 
Wow. So he's saying there's many videos here and we think at least three of them are genuine snuff films. Yes. And I love that he said that, that he had the courage to point it out and say what we have said all along. Some of this appears to actually be more than fantasy flicks that they're slipping in under the guise of death fantasy. And I think that that probably is really common. I do too. And I love that the judges always take a moment to speak what they think and feel about these crimes because they seem to be very appalled by people viewing this kind of content, having it in their computers, and they always seem pretty confident that it's connected to the crime, that it had some influence over whatever the crime is when we look into these cases. You're right. And you're going to love this then, because this is what the judge said to Jerome. He said it directly to Jerome. He said, you clearly have a fascination with these sort of images. And these offenses, in my view, are the worst of their kind. Good. The judge also said that the material that Jerome viewed was material that plumbed the depths of depravity which demonstrated that Jerome is an extremely distorted human being. And I want to say that again because it really echoes the things that we've been trying to say about death fetish. And this is a judge, another judge, and he is saying, this makes Jerome an extremely distorted human being. This is not normal. This is yeah, not the normal. Content- is completely depraved, disgusting, and there is something really wrong with you if you enjoy this kind of content. Absolutely. And I just love that we continue to see it being reinforced by professionals in the legal system. That's, mm-hmm. that's just really important. I think that's key. And it gets worse. Just when you think it can't get worse, it gets worse. You know, Jerome's phone also revealed that he was frequently searching and viewing death fetish content and that he had even specifically searched for teenage, underage torture and snuff films. Of course he was. Right. He's just, he was a nasty, nasty, evil person. And when asked by police why he had the images, here's what Jerome said. Don't know really. Excitement. It's not all about sexual gratification. A lot of it is about the intrigue. It sounds like Jessica Brown. It does. I mean, it gives me chills because it does. It sounds like Jessica. It sounds like Raphael. It sounds like many of these producers. It's just, it's scary. The court was also informed that Jerome hadn't just been watching these videos from afar. He had also traveled out of the country to meet another model who he had been chatting with about death fetish. Oh, my God. He had images on his phone that would indicate that he tortured that person himself. And I was doing a fair amount of digging around to see if there were any additional charges about that or any follow-up. I could not find any other information about whether or not they were able to locate that person in the video and make sure that they were still alive. But this came into discussion in the courtroom because Jerome had previously tried to tell the judge that he would never act out any of these fantasies in person. And he wasn't aware that they had already found 
his chats and photographs with this other person that he met up with. So he was lying straight to the judge's face. Yeah, I was going to say, wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me that Jerome was a liar? I mean, they're all liars. I've never had a death fetisher tell me the truth. Have you? It's hard to say, but I'm going to assume no. It's definitely a web of lies out there in the death fetish community. And I'm sorry. I just I can't let it go. I just want to say lies, lies, lies. And the judge was not having any of that. He called him out and he went on to describe that he felt Jerome was a person with extremely deviant interest. And he called him out and said, I know that you're prepared to lie and that you will attempt to manipulate other people out in the world. And so he was saying he's a danger to society because he will lie, cheat, do whatever he needs to, to act out these sexual desires having to do with violence towards women. I want to high five this judge. He got to say what we're all thinking. Yeah, he's calling it for what it is. He's saying, you're full of bullshit. You're dangerous. Bye-bye. You're going to prison. And Jerome's defense attorney was over there. He had to, of course, add in that, oh, poor Jerome's reputation has been absolutely crushed and that he had just lost everything because of this, including his ability to continue being involved in the family business. Cry me a river. (laughs) Yeah, are we supposed to feel bad for him? He chose to do this. I mean, we're going to hear lots of crying and gnashing of teeth for some of these producers and those that run the forums when we get them shut down. And I'm not going to lose one wink of sleep over it. I'm going to say bye. I don't feel bad for Jerome at all. I don't either. If you're going to look up this content, save it on your phone, pay people to strangle themselves for your enjoyment, you deserve every bit of that embarrassment. Every consequence. Absolutely. I agree with you completely. Well, it's also important to note that all of these charges came about simply by the search history and downloads from Jerome's phone. So that's huge. And the police were just warming up. They fully intended to interview him about his involvement in Hope's death and the webcam session. So they hadn't forgot about Hope because they knew that Jerome had paid for this session with her that resulted in her death. They knew that. And they were considering charging him with manslaughter, but they never got the chance. You know why? Because they found Jerome dead in his jail cell the day before he was to be re-interviewed by police and therefore never face the other charges that were coming his way. That makes me angry. Yeah. Jerome had been writing his parents' letters, and he stated that he was suicidal, but didn't have the courage to hang himself. And that pisses me off. I just want to say this really quick. He didn't have the courage to hang himself, but he could watch Hope die by strangulation. Instead, he stockpiled his prescription anxiety medication, and he took a bunch of the meds at once so he could overdose himself until he died. What a wimp. Yeah, he's a coward. And I find it fascinating that he was too much of a wimp, a coward, to hang himself. Just like I said, he didn't mind watching pretty girls do it, but he sure as hell couldn't do it himself. I want to say that again for the listeners in the back. This guy didn't have the courage to hang himself, but he could certainly instruct others to do it. I mean, that's twisted. Yeah, it's disgusting. I loathe these guys. 
death fetishers, you are my enemy. I really, truly believe that they're the scum of the earth. And I want to see it eradicated. I just cannot say that enough, Alicia. I mean, it just incites something in me that just fuels my desire to do whatever we have to do to expose them. Yeah, they've got to go. Whether that's through the websites getting shut down one by one or these producers being charged for the films they're making, we'll find a way. But this cannot continue to exist because every video that's online is proving to these guys with this fetish that this is okay. You're right. And, you know, all of the things that we're talking about and the things that we're seeing in Jerome's case made the lawmakers in the UK take pause. You know, they realized there weren't specific laws against this sort of thing because of Hope being a webcam model and not a victim that was directly in front of Jerome. That caused a little bit of complication. And Hope's family, the last we checked, was still working with lawmakers to try to make sure there were safety measures in place for women who chose to do this kind of work in the future. And I think that's important and very commendable that they're doing that. You know, they want these women to be safe. And Hope's sister Lily has suggested that there would be some sort of mandatory contract in place that outlines safety and physical harm before a client can have any kind of camming session with a model. And I really like that idea. Yeah, that's one way to kind of make sure that people will be held responsible if something happens, like what happened with Hope. Yeah, I I think so, too. And the UK does maintain that their laws about pornography still cover online streaming and that extreme pornography that depicts violence against women is just not permitted online or offline. Some of the UK-based cam model websites now have statements that say performers must not upload text audio, images, or movies that contain sadomasochistic material, which goes beyond trifling and transient infliction of injury. Wow. Seems like some good things came out of this horrible situation. At least they're trying to take some action to protect other people from getting killed like Hope did. I mean, I'm glad that they paid attention that hey, there was a little bit of a loophole here. Let's see what we can do to to close that hole up. Yeah, I think they felt a little bit of panic when this situation happened because they realized that this probably should have been a murder charge, but they just didn't have anything in place that would allow them to do that. And it sounds like they, they were still going to go for the manslaughter option, but it sounds like they all wanted to go harder on Jerome and they weren't able to. And I really want to take a moment to praise the UK and their obscenity laws. I think they have some of the best obscenity laws out of any country. And it seems like the enforcement that goes on in the UK of these laws is a little bit more frequent than we see in other places. And so I really think they're a good model for us to work towards in our own goals for the U.S. and our laws. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I'm very grateful to the U.K. for taking this so seriously. And I just want to echo what you said. I think it's worth us taking a closer look at here in the United States to see how we could stand up against this like the U.K. is. I mean, that's so important. For sure. Well, everyone, that about wraps it up for us today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Yeah, thanks again. And please, if you have a moment, just head over to our website, which is deepdarksecretspodcast.com. Take 
just a moment to sign our petition about the enforcement of obscenity laws in the United States. Every signature helps, every signature counts. So if you know you have a moment before you go off about your day, just head on over and do that for us. And we want everyone to stay safe and to remember to keep being a light in your own communities. We're going to head out for now, but remember, keep your lights on. For exclusive content from this episode and all other episodes, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash deep dark secrets. Sign up and you'll be able to see some visuals that accompany each episode.